0: Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. In your presence,
1: there is fullness of joy we beginning to know what it means. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In thy light, we see light. And we drink of the rivers of your pleasure. Hmm. Thank you for again visiting us with your tangible presence. the day of your unveiling to humanity is at hand. That even unregenerate men, like a few did on the Old Testament, will see your glory. And for once and for all, put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. We are as we go into your word, we humble ourselves afresh under your mighty hand. And in particular, I pray for fresh unction and anointing from heaven upon my heart and upon my lips, that I will speak as I should, indeed as an oracle of God. Then I further ask and beseech you that you will put the same unction upon the ears and the hearts of all who will hear me those who are physically present here, as well as those who will be hearing me remotely, electronically, all over the world. That your word will flow freely from you, via me, through me, to your people, to do an internal and eternal work in every heart, including mine in particular, to cause our wills to become more humble, minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions to be more tempered and controlled, are the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray as I speak that the power of the Spirit of God be released in great as well as in sufficient measure. Yes, power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes and free men so that they will become doers of the things that they hear and not hearers only. I further pray for mercy, to be faithful, to deliver this word with precision, to redeem the time And say only what you want me to say. Bringing out of the treasure of this word. Things new and old. As a scribe instructed unto the kingdom. In Jesus wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me. Receiving every blessing I mentioned. In their individual lives. All individually agreed and said. Today I have a landmark. Prophetic message. I've entitled it the bride of Christ. Over the years I have never specifically taught about the Bride of Christ even though I have mentioned it many times in many of our prophetic teachings because many of these symbolisms in the Scripture are actually equivalent so when you when you talk about the Bride of Christ the Temple of Solomon the Zion Church you're saying the same thing the reason why God uses different symbolisms is to bring out different details about a particular truth. So one symbolism will have some detail, another symbolism will have another set of details, another symbolism will have another set of details, and watch this. It is when you have a revelation of all the different symbolisms of a particular truth, you have complete knowledge in that area. Complete knowledge does not mean you're arrogant that you know everything no it just means that your knowledge in that particular instance or uh, situation is complete in principle of course the revelation in terms of detail and all of that continues to increase the bible says the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter onto the perfect day and so today i want to talk to us about the bride of christ now the bride of christ is the perfect church it is the church in this third day. The third day there is just a prophetic symbolism for the 21st century. It's the uh, third millennium from the birth of Christ. We're already in it. We've, we came into it, well, 1995. You know, <clears throat> because I'm very aware of when we end the third day. In my own personal experience, I came into <coughs> certain <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> experiences. <coughs> In the third day, you know, and Revelations. In fact, that when when we came to the third day, there's one here. Thank you. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) When we came to the third day, there were certain things I personally experienced, and we had a very unusual meeting in 1995. For those of you who were born then and who could remember, Papa Ralph, remember there was the, the the glory of God came to this. It was during one of our conventions. Papa Ralph was lying. He couldn't lie. He couldn't get up. I still remember. He said, "Oh, Jake, can you get up?" I said, Papa, Ralph. you know, it was stuck on the floor like you know Velcro, you know, under the thing lifted. You know, you could actually see the cloud, you know, and then it faded after some time. And I was nine ninety five. You know, it was a small indicator that the glory of God has come to the church. You know, because it was the third day. But the fullness is about to hit us. Hence, this message. The bride of Christ is the perfect church. Now, let me define what a perfect church is. It certainly doesn't mean that everybody in the church will be perfect at the same time. No, that's impractical. It's not true. What it means is have a perfect leadership and a fully submitted followership. Everybody screamed the word fully submitted. You know, submission is one of the things most Christians hate. <laughs> they don't even like, you know. I remember somebody telling me that, you know, one of the reasons why I don't like your church, and it's always talking about submission, 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 and they're just trying to control people. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, you don't understand. You know, I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> I was not the one who brought this concept of submission. It's God who did. Amen? And when you understand submission, you'll understand that it's actually not a, a means of controlling you. It's a means of blessing you. That's why it's only submitted people, fully submitted people, that are going to be a part of the perfect church. And you're going to see why before I end the message. You're not fully submitted. You can't be a part of the perfect church. You have to be fully submitted. Watch this. You're fully submitted to God and the leadership. Because they will be telling you what is in line with the word of God. It's not strange. Well, it's not some new doctrine. That's exactly what Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, follow as you have us for an example. And God allowed him to write it in scripture. If Paul was around today, most Christians would hate him. And say, oh, you know, he thinks he knows everything. Don't mind him. They also want to be controlling people. You know Paul was not like that at all neither was the Lord Jesus Jesus demanded full submission One time he saw a crowd of people following him you know most people like crowds Jesus didn't particularly like crowds He healed them he ministered to them but he didn't particularly like them because the Bible says he did not commit themselves he did not commit himself to them because he knew what was in man we Jesus knew when you have a crown and mixed multitude, many of them really are not sincere. So Jesus turns around. It's in Luke chapter 14. You know? And says, if any man will follow me and does not hate his father and his mother and his brothers and sisters and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. The crowd thinned out. Jesus demands complete and total submission. That's why he says, if you, if you love anything above me, he said you cannot. He didn't say you will not. He said you cannot become my disciple. And that's the problem we have today. Many Christians, many of us are not, we're submitted to a degree, to a degree that is convenient for our flesh, but we're not, sub- we're not fully submitted. So we, 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 don't, we don't follow God to that, to that degree. And then hence this message, so that some people who are hearing, who are still sitting on the fence, will be able to become fully submitted, not to Olubi Johnson, but to the Word of God. You know, it checked me out. If I say anything that is contrary to the Word of God, you can say, no, 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 that's not right. And I I will agree with you. You know, if it's in line with the Word of God and by the grace of God, I will not do that. You know, so it's a perfect leadership as a leadership that has grown to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How will you know? You will know by the manifestation. You know, there's a lot of funny stuff going on in the church right now. All kinds of people are claiming to be apostles. <laughs> it's very common now. You'd be amazed how many, you see all these little young men, some of them just had ministry maybe 20, 30 years ago. I call them just apostles. I also laugh my head off, you know, because I know they don't understand. I, I don't have a destructive criticism, I do not criticize and judge them harshly. I understand that they are just talking from what they know and from what somebody has told them so their understanding is that they are apostles you know maybe because they did a few miracles and they started three or four churches so once you you know once you start a church then you're an apostle you know <laughs> you know but really uh, full apostleship is the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ some of the greatest men of god in the last century you know, in the 20th century you know people like john g lake uh, um, uh, old Smith Wigglesworth you know, Kenneth Hagen you know <clears throat> Smith, Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth to me a few really were apostles, they, they, were, they were sent to their generation to establish the church that's what an apostle does, he's a sent one to establish the church in particular truths, Smith Hagen was sent to establish the church in faith so was Smith Wigglesworth you know, and John G. Lake too you know the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It was people like and, and E.W. Kenyon who, you know, opened those scriptures up to the church and started getting us established in those truths. So that's what a true apostle is, you know. But you know, you you know, bandy around the title, uh, you know, it's, it's immaturity. I understand, and I, 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 you know, I have no quarrel with them. You know, as they grow, they will they'll come out of it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, you know, folks. How are you going to see when the perfect church... The perfect church hasn't come into manifestation. It's about to. When it will carry the same unction Jesus carried. The spirit without measure. <laughs> I was somewhere yesterday. It was actually at Pastor Roddy's... Uh, uh, Dam Lawler's wedding. And there was a man. I, I don't know the guy. I can't remember his name. He was sitting behind me. So he now whispered to me. You know, he said, Pastor... What do you do if the anointing for healing comes upon you in a service like this, and you just feel that you need to minister to the sick? <laughs> so I chuckled, and I said to him, "I said, ah. I said, if it is there, people will just start getting healed. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. And it will just be there." I said, "The Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them." He you know, people just start getting healed. You know? The Bible says, virtue went out. I, I quoted the scriptures to him. I said, you know, he wanted to do something. And he wanted me to either, you know, because he knew I had influence, maybe talk to Pastor Ronti or talk to um, Sunday Popola, my friend who was preaching. You know, he wanted me to, you know, say, ah, this man has a word. and he also, I wouldn't do that. I told him, I said, if it is there, I said, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> Just sit where you are. The virtue will be coming out of you, <laughs> and the people will get healed. Of course, nothing happened. You know, as far as I know, anyway. You know, you know. When when the real thing comes, it will not be done in a corner. It will be so evident. You know, and um, so that's what we're waiting for. So, that perfect leadership that carries the spirit without measure. Begins to do the works Jesus did the same way He did. The Bible says, virtue went out of Him. Jesus didn't try to seek attention to Himself, the power was there, and it manifested when people interacted with Him in faith. They would touch His garment, you know, He would tell them, Take up your bread and walk, and there are instant healing. Instant that's the difference between the Spirit with measure and the Spirit without measure. The spirit without measure, spirit with measure is usually gradual. But the spirit with measure is instant. And then it is spectacular on a consistent basis. So when that leadership comes forth, there will be a followership. They would actually have be, been following them before it happens, you know, that will submit to them fully. Full submission means everything they say that you should do, you do that. With the right attitude, you know. The right attitude. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself towards the end, but let me just say it because I'm talking about it now. You know, the Bible says that you should know those that labor among you. In First Thessalonians, I think it's in chapter five, verse thirteen, and it says, Esteem them highly. Everybody scream the word highly. I didn't write the Bible, folks. I'm not trying to control you. <laughs> like you know, a lot of people misunderstand us. You know, that's what the Bible says. He didn't just esteem them. He said, esteem them. Why? Because when you, when you, when you esteem, it's right there. You know, esteem them. Ah, yeah, I, I know the scripture. So I think you passed away. You know, esteem them. Where are they? Where is it? It's verse 13. It's not the scripture. There's, there's one be, be below it. You know, I know the Bible quite well. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, and that's it. That's the right scripture. Esteem them what? I didn't write the Bible you Don't esteem them highly, you're not gonna get their unction. That's why the perfect church is a perfect leadership that has come into the experience of the fullness of Christ, the measure of the such other, and, and therefore have the anointing with spirit without measure upon them, and then under them is a followership that is fully submitted by esteem them highly so that watch this. I'm getting ahead of myself. This actually was the end of the message, but I'll say it now, and I'll repeat it after I've said all the other things I'm going to say. You know, it comes down because they are fully submitted. They can then partake of that anointing because their hearts are open. So a person who is not fully submitted cannot be a part of the glorious church because his heart will not be open, so that anointing will bypass him. It will not come through him. Oh, glory to God. I didn't hear amen. See, the the, the bride of Christ is symbolically referred to also as Zion. Zion, again, is symbolic of the perfect church. I remember many years ago when I started preaching some of these things, somebody came up to me, you know, I had a lot of people criticize me back then. They probably still do, but they don't say it anymore to my face. You know, maybe over the years they've seen that at least God must be behind this boy. <laughs> you know, but, you know, back then they came to me and said, you are trying to divide the church. Say all this, you know, say we are all one church. I said, I didn't write the Bible. The Bible doesn't say, yes, we are one church. But the Bible tells us that there are different kinds of people in the church. In a great house, there are many vessels. There is gold. That is Zion. That's the bride. I'm going to give you other scripture for it, you know, as we go on, you know. Then there's silver. That's the other people. (laughs) Then there's the wood and earth. They are all in the church. So the bride of Christ is referred to as Zion. In our scripture, which tells us, gives us revelation of this. You find it in, let's first of all read Psalm 48. We all love that scripture, you know, beautiful for situation. You know, great great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Psalm 48. Let me get ahead of myself. Psalm 48 and look at verse 2. This is talking about the bride of Christ. This is the church Jesus marries. Every Christian is in the body of Christ. But not every Christian is in the bride of Christ. That is not because God doesn't want them to be. No, it's not exclusive. It's because they are conditions for becoming a part of the bride of Christ. Hence, the scripture, I'm getting ahead of myself, the scriptures are just pouring into my heart. You know, Second Timothy, which I just mentioned earlier on, you know, in a great house, this is, the church is the house of God. There are many vessels. The vessels of gold, the vessels of silver, the vessels of wood and earth. Some for glorious uses, some for ordinary uses. That's a paraphrase of the King James. Then it says, if, see it's conditional. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor. So it's not God who determines who is in the bride. It's the people. It's the choices you make as a Christian that will determine if you're going to be a part of this bride of Christ or not. That's why we're preaching and teaching it prophetically so that people, it will inspire you and, and, and say, okay, I want to be that and then I will also fulfill the conditions. I will purge myself so I'll be a holy vessel, meet for the master's use. Meet for those, you know, glorious special uses beautiful for situation i didn't hear you psalm 48 verse 2 everybody say beautiful for situation i didn't hear you the joy of the whole earth that's what zion does the the manifestation of the glory of god is going to bring joy to the whole earth every tribe tongue and kindred they're going to go and make disciples there they're going to go there they're going to set the captives free the lame will walk the blind will see you know, the lepers will be cleansed, the dead will be raised, it's gonna bring joy to the whole earth. The bride of Christ. Oh, give the Lord a clap offering, somebody. <clears throat> is Mount Zion? She's called Mount Zion here, on the sides of the Lord, the city of the great king. Now, this is the this is the bride of Christ. This is the church that Jesus marries. I and mean, is he not gonna marry the other people? Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to be there. They're going to be in heaven. But they're not going to be a part of the bride. That's why the Bible says you can suffer loss. That's what Paul says. I, 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 I don't want to be disqualified. I keep my body under. He said, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. One of David Ingo's songs, he said, you know, I'm pressing so that I'll be a part of that beautiful bride. It's not, it's, you know, we've been wrongly taught. That once you're a Christian and we, go to, we all go to heaven, we're all going to be the same. It's not true. We're not going to be the same in heaven. The scriptures are clear. It says one star will differ from another star in glory. So the bride of Christ is this uh, group of Christians. As we go into some of the other parts of the world, you're going to see how clear it is. You know, that uh, uh, have a perfect leadership and a fully submitted followership and she's symbolically referred to as zion she's also called this in isaiah chapter 2 it's a beautiful let me look at this beautiful situation just stay in psalm 48 for a minute before we go to isaiah you know i'm going to look at it in another translation if you look at it in the amplified it says fair and beautiful in elevation the glory of god that would manifest through this church will be so wonderful that she will be exalted in the whole earth. And all the people in the earth will be looking up to Zion. You know, looking up in the sense of, you know, uh, um, looking to them for as an example, as a, uh, uh, a source of help and blessing and deliverance. So that's why it's called, you know, uh, beautiful for situation. That's old English. Here it says, you know, fair and Beautiful in elevation is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion, the city of David on the north side and so on. If you look in the uh, uh, New International Version, it says beautiful in its loftiness. God's word says its beautiful peak is the joy of the whole earth. The Message Bible says breathtaking in its heights. You're talking about a, a church that is so glorious that people, the whole world is admiring her. That's what Jesus meant. Paul meant when he was writing in the book of Ephesians, he said that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he may present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing does the bride. It is sad and extremely regrettable that is not everybody is going to be a part of it, not because God doesn't want them to be a part of it, but because they won't make the commitment to be a part of it and, 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 a, and a decision you know, of the heart to be a part of it and, and, and follow after. So they don't become a part of the bride of Christ. They're in the church. You know, they will go to heaven, you know, but they will not be... Let, I, I, let me get a step further. You know? Is the bride that's going to sit on the throne? No. Not every Christian. Did you notice that we're going to get to that scripture. I don't want to preempt the scripture. I'll come to it later. You know, but you know, when kings, even in the natural, when the king sits, the queen sits next to him. Have you noticed? That's why it is the bride that sits. Jesus is the king. So all those who are in the bride, they sit on the throne with him. That's why it is one of the promises of the overcomer that he will sit in by. It's not for everybody. I'm going to repeat what I've said before. It's for everybody. But it's not everybody who overcomes the loss of the flesh, loss of the eyes, the pride of life that now get that reward. It's not a gift. That's why I'm preaching and teaching and I haven't taught it in detail over the years. So I have to teach it now because I want you to be Greatly uh, uh, encouraged, greatly determined, greatly inspired to become a bar- part of the bride of Christ. It's not automatic because you're a Christian. It's not automatic because you came to scripture pasture. It's not automatic because you're my friend. It's not automatic because you have me carry my Bible. <laughs> Okay, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2, <coughs> this same bride of Christ is being described. You've, we've seen different pictures and symbolism. I've shown you from Psalm 48, you know, I've, shown, I've quoted some other scriptures, you know, from Timothy and other places. I've quoted from Ephesians. It's the same thing, it's the same truth, being pictured in different uh, uh, perspectives, so you can get the full understanding of what she's like. Isaiah chapter 2. And uh, we're going to just look at verses 2 and 3. Isaiah 2. Yes. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Everybody's screaming the last days. The bride of Christ doesn't come forth until the last days. That is manifest. Down through the ages there have been Christians who have qualified to be in the bride of Christ. But because it was not the third day, they could not manifest it, but their heart was there. And relative to the revelation they had at that time, they did the very best that was available in that time. That's why you have great saints. You know, if if you go through church history, you will hear all kinds of stories about different saints. You know, there's uh, St. Francis and all this, some of these, they're great saints. And people, you know, when they were around, particularly in the, in the, you see, the church has three days. Three days means three millennia. This one is the third millennia. This is the third one. The first day church, her, I was sharing this with some of the brethren yesterday. You know, her assignment was to get the revelation of the New Testament and put, to get the f- full canon of scripture. The second day church, her assignment was to take the basics of Christianity, the new birth especially, you know, Passover and a little bit of Pentecost, and take it to all the continents of the world. That's why you had the missionary movement in the 18th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, you know, of the church. And you had the missionaries going out, especially through England. That's why God can never forget England. Forget it, man. God will just like Israel, you know. There are a lot of people in England who don't believe God; they don't go to church and all that. But there's a remnant there, and because of their fathers, and what when when God sees John Wesley, give John Wesley a super clap offering. <laughs> Glory be to God. Are you listening to me? You know, they say God, you can't let England go down. England will never go down. That's why God will always save the Queen. Can you imagine a nation? makes his national anthem
0: god save the queen <laughs> thank you for listening to this podcast we believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious transcendent life in christ our mission is to equip god's people for service and build up the body of christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.